0: Is social media censoring Republicans, or is it censoring this show? Plus, you want to live in Trumpville. This is the Balance of Power Roundtable. We're part of the Beyond Politics podcast. I'm Matt Robeson, your host, coming at you up the center lane. From my left is two-term Democratic U.S. Congressman Paul Hodes. And from my right, I normally bring you conservative commentator Alicia Preston, but she is under the weather. Aren't we all these days? It seems like we're all vulnerable to these COVID-like symptoms that and they've taken down our friend alicia in her stead we have a remarkable sit-in we're really privileged to have michael graham he's a conservative media personality and commentator he's based out of boston he's the political editor for new hampshire journal a columnist for the boston herald and a former cbs news analyst michael welcome thank you for sitting in you're like the ultimate pinch hitter i hope that you'll indulge me because i'd like to start on a topic that i think People will see connects to a lot of what's in the news right now. But I'm gonna start like in a very narcissistic way with me. Longtime listeners probably heard the episode that we did last week with Lauren Windsor. She is a widely respected journalist. She goes undercover and she has conversations. She doesn't, she doesn't exactly sell herself under false pretenses. She just approaches political figures and asks them questions. And they're remarkably forthcoming. And she's captured incredibly important and powerful video of people admitting their plans to try to overturn the results of the 2020 election and spread election disinformation. She captured quintessentially important video of John Eastman talking about his plot to rope in figures all across the country to his election overturn scheme. I say, listen, because longtime listeners and followers and viewers know that we also put out the video version of this show on the Blue Amp channel on YouTube. That video version of that show was doing incredibly well. We had a clip from it that was up above 23,000 viewers, and the full podcast was also soaring when we got notification from YouTube yesterday that the show had been taken down. We had apparently, according to them, violated one of their rules Again, spreading election disinformation. Now, under the heading irony in the dictionary, you will find this episode with us because clearly what we're doing is we're talking to a journalist about efforts to expose and discredit the people who are spreading election disinformation. This video, the actual raw video of her conversation with John Eastman is up on YouTube because it was part of the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. Why am I telling you this? First of all, it's because I want you all to join in a chorus of the world's smallest violins for me. I'm feeling incredibly sorry for myself. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I feel better now having unloaded. Paul, by the way, Paul is, a, is an honest to goodness, super talented musician. Do not have that last moment. Color your judgment of him. But why am I really telling you this? I'm really telling you this, and I want the panel to weigh in on this, because it comes in the context of a larger discussion that we're having, that actually the U.S. House of Representatives and Jim Jordan and his committee is forcing us to have right now about whether conservative voices, Republican voices, some would say right wing voices, are being censored by social media platforms. Now, look, I want to be clear up front about this. I'm not meaning to come in with a massive criticism of YouTube. I love YouTube. I'm actually a big YouTube fan. I'm doing a lot of my work on YouTube. I recognize how hard this is, and that's the point. That with all their resources, with all of their sophistication, their algorithm can't distinguish between someone spreading lies and misinformation and someone talking about lies and misinformation. And that seems to be a problem And that's the quintessence of what the House of Representatives is investigating. And it also connects to the Fox News defamation lawsuit from Dominion and the role of media companies in sharing propaganda, sharing lies, and intentionally telling mistruths. I have just thrown a ton of stuff here and coming just out of the on-deck circle with no preparation. Michael, we didn't talk about any of this in advance. This is all hitting you cold. What's your reaction? What does what all of this make you think?
1: I want to confirm we did not go about this in advance. He just wanted dating tips the whole time. It was very weird. I've never done a <laughs> free show like that. <laughs> and I got to say, I'm not impressed by your finishing move. I just want you to know that. But this is going to what...
0: be, I want to get my wife's opinion on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So this is the easiest question. What does YouTube do about misinformation and information and blah, blah. I super easy answer for me. Nothing. Let people po- post whatever they want to post. You're just a platform, you're not an editor, and you have Natsusun giving his favorite recipes for whatever Adolf von Trapp. Hate, pie. Biscuits. Hate yeah, biscuits, whatever. Yeah. What do I care? You got loony, lefty MSNBC people saying that cocaine was invented by CIA bears, whatever. It's really easy when you just do freedom and you let people speak. It's ironic because, uh Inside sources, where I, which I manage, we just had a story. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gave a speech at the prestigious New Hampshire Institute of Politics, where many a presidential campaign has been launched. Most of the speech was about his views on vaccines. He did. We did ask him at, at in New Hampshire Journal if he was thinking about running. He said, "I am thinking about it." And if I'm elected, we'll have the funniest first lady ever because he's married to Mrs. Larry David from from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And YouTube pulled the speech. YouTube, once again, this is at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics, the place where you've seen presidents and want to be presidents speak again and again. And some, we're reporting, as you and I speak, we're trying to report this. We've spoken to a lawyer for RFK Jr. We've spoken to YouTube. They will not give us a definitive answer. And to me, the biggest irony, the media outlet that wanted to post the video is the public TV station whose policy is... Anytime someone gives a political speech, NHIOP, they have a camera set up, they just carry it because they think, hey, citizens listening, thinking, talking. They don't say, I wonder if he's saying something good or bad or right or wrong, whether it's Donald Trump, who's spoken at the NHIOP, or it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or Marianne Williamson or whoever, they all speak. So crazy idea, let people speak. I have these amazing things that apparently nobody else has heard about. I guess this is my own take. They're called block buttons and mute buttons. When you say dumb crap, about white supremacy or whatever, TIFA, I just hit mute. I never see you again. Life's good. So Paul, I both want to get your reaction to that.
0: And I also want to layer in your legal knowledge because remember, this is the subject of an active Supreme Court case. This was just heard a week and a half ago where they're evaluating this very question under section 230 of whether social media companies should be liable. Or liable in any sense for Nazi McNaughterson. I can actually, I can't even say the word Nazi. So <laughs> when we post this on YouTube, this is probably going to get taken down. I'm probably uh, going to have to edit out the word Nazi. I can't refer in a historical Just put a
2: bleep sense. in there. Bleep. Yeah, exactly.
0: This.
1: Right. Or put in a drop from the fantastic movie, The Producers, one of the right. funniest movies there of it all is. time.
0: Right. Spring. That would be absolutely for, great. Exactly. You know, uh, so, Paul, this is an active legal and political question right now what's your reaction
2: the first thing is it reminds me it's like 2000 the movie 2001 how you've said a bad <laughs> word how we can't let you say that bad word it will hurt people how open the pod day, bay doors open YouTube. the pod bay doors hal and take that video down look social media is a brand new phenomenon in human history it is what 15 years old, maybe a little more, but basically 15 years old. I'm of a certain vintage. I went to Congress and they gave me a BlackBerry and blackberries couldn't do anything. You could make a phone call but that's about <laughs> it. When iPads came out, they wouldn't let iPads on the floor of the House of Representatives because it was too dangerous. They didn't know what it meant. And there was no Google. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There, none of this existed. Are we going to ban TikTok because it hurts people or is it is YouTube going to What are their algorithms doing? Are they picking up words that they ought to be letting through? What about Twitter? Now it's owned by this rich right wing guy who's such a who's a complete nut and he's doing whatever he wants with it. And Twitter was like the thing. If you're not on Twitter, you're nowhere. And now it's owned by Elon Musk. I'm superficially sympathetic to Michael's sense of let freedom ring the public will figure out what's right and what's wrong and let me just talk and i'll say all the wacky things i want and the public will figure it out the public doesn't figure it out take a look at what we're now learning about fox news which is basically a conspiracy to spread disinformation in spite of knowing the truth with millions and millions of people who think they're telling the truth so It's a very challenging issue to think about, should there be regulation of this new phenomenon of social media? And what are the boundaries of that regulation? Clearly, at the Supreme Court, when there were these discussions, these issues were brought up, the justices on a bipartisan basis, had a very difficult time thinking about what are the lines to be drawn? Are there any? And is it all black and white? Michael's sense is the one end is complete freedom on all platforms, let everybody say whatever they wanna say. And on the other hand, I don't think anybody who's thinking about the issue is saying, we're gonna tell, Congress is now gonna be the arbiter of what goes on the social media platforms. Be- better they,
0: Congress than the Supreme Court, which, as well, Elena K. said, they're not the nine most tech-sophisticated... Let
2: me tell you, nobody in Congress is either. Maybe there's somebody in Congress who is. But we've got a real problem in this country around lies, disinformation, and hate speech. And the question is whether the role that social media platforms play in spreading that kind of stuff is fair game for regulation, Um, having been a member of Congress and having to become an expert on many topics very quickly, I'd say I think there's probably some room to re-examine this Wild West of social media.
0: Let's take a break. We'll be right back.
1: So the problem we have is that we can't even define the words that Congressman Hodes just used. His problem is huge. I don't know who he's going to appoint as the minister of disinformation. I understand why he's reluctant to trust the people. After all, they elected him to Congress twice. I'm kidding. Come on, cheap
2: shot. Had to it's take it. A, no, no, it's okay. I was it. an, listen, he's, I was an accidental. I was Let's go, let's go through the. Let's go. When when no, you're banned. You're banned from this platform, Graham. I, I know. When they finally <laughs> figured out, figured it out, they wouldn't elect me to the U.S. Senate. That would have been too <laughs> dangerous. So here I am. Right. It was a real dead you.
0: zone scenario. It's oh my gosh, <laughs> someone got it. a vision of if you got into that position,
1: go on. So you have lies, disinformation, and what was the other one? Propaganda? Was that the third one? That you I don't suggest? know, but that's good. Said? That's fine. Yeah. So what is a lie? I don't know. Tell me. When Dan Rather reported on George W. Bush's record in the Air Force, it was a lie. And the New York Times acknowledged it was a lie, but they published it anyway because they said it was, quote, fake but accurate. So is that a lie? I don't know. Disinformation. Disinformation. The vaccine after the first iteration just didn't work at preventing the spread of COVID. It didn't. At the time, there was disinformation. Now, everyone agrees. It absolutely didn't. Masks, totally useless. Everyone agrees now. That's actually not not true. I just, I got to step in there. Masks are not totally useless. Well, okay. From the the latest report that we have of the mass metadata, you said- Next to useless. No, just I just just want to. There is no correlation between mask use and likelihood of catching COVID. None, But here's my point. This is great. This is great. No, this is great. There's scientific studies just published in the New York Times less than a week ago that says what I say and you say it's wrong. This is how the only way can work. Because if it doesn't work like this, then Paul Hodes gets to decide who says what and what is the truth. And nothing personal, but I don't trust me. I don't trust Donald Trump. I don't trust Congress. I don't trust anybody. So either it's going to be freedom or it's going to be Elon Musk decides what is true and what you can see. Either it's going to be freedom or we're going to have people lying to us about Hunter Hunter Biden's laptop and knowing that they're lying and suppressing and having a, the oldest daily newspaper publish a story that gets censored because people can censor How about stopping the censoring? And we're there.
0: There's too many layers here for me to unpack all of them. But first of all, it seems to me that we have, in essence, a princess bride problem, which is that we clearly can't choose the solution in front of you, and we clearly can't choose the solution in front of. Me, meaning Paul Host. <laughs> Michael Graham's solution is let freedom ring. The, exactly. and You know, tragedy of the commons. Let everyone say everything. Why and, would it be tragic? Well, What's the tragedy? Because we live, as the poet Marianne Moore said, we live in imaginary gardens with real toads in them. We've seen the deadly consequences, spreading misinformation, lies, and conspiracy theories. We saw Comet Pizza, where people got shot. We saw the insurrection, where 150 police officers were injured and five people Ultimately, died. We've seen, we've seen real death and destruction come from conspiracy theories. Now, what you just said is a very interesting case in point when it comes to mask usage. There is this metadata study, right? Mm-hmm. What does it say? This takes a little bit of nuance and explanation. What you said is true, and I'm going to sound like Alec Guinness and Star Wars here. It's true <laughs> from a certain point of view. It is true that on a population level, Mm. mask mandates have not been shown to reduce the spread of COVID. On an individual level, mask use has been shown to protect the wearer from contracting COVID. Those are two different things. There's many reasons I could get into the weeds about them. But you see how that one simple scientific fact can be so easily twisted. The problem we run into, I think is that, is basically the problem of this show. We try <laughs> to have on Beyond Politics, nuanced, intelligent, thoughtful conversations that are based oh, in fact.
1: No one told me about nuanced and intelligent. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, sorry, I God, shouldn't. He my he's my go, brand.
2: He's going to stop not my you brand. Thought you were what? just giving dating tips. <laughs> Why did you say <laughs> that, Robeson? Why did you say
0: that? And we try. And importantly, we try to have perspectives that we don't necessarily agree with Right, like that we're doing right here, mm-hmm. and we try and work it out in a respectful way. And so we're trying to be a one-star Michelin restaurant next to the freaking McDonald's, and the McDonald's is selling. And this is the problem in social media is that you, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. And if everybody is out there spouting, I heard that masks give you cancer, I like I just said that. And if I repeat it enough times, someone's gonna start to believe it, much like. QAnon. So I don't think we have the luxury of going with Michael's solution. I don't think we can afford that, given what we know about how psychologically powerful social media platforms are in changing our mindset, in changing our perceptions of reality. But I don't think we can go with Paul Hodes' solution either, because look what happened to Nina Jankowitz, the federal disinformation chief, who lasted about two weeks in that <laughs> job before the Biden administration said, "Oh my God, oh my this is a Kafkaesque disaster." And so, who do you happened?
1: want? Who's your Nina? Who do you trust to be Nina? I don't. I don't trust anybody. Then the, I'm sorry, anybody. those are the only two options. There are. No, a, those are not the only of, two options. Or there is I totalitarianism. There way. is no nuance. No, so I, what's, no third,
0: what's the third way? Yeah, what well, is the third way? It's funny you should mention. Funny you
2: should ask.
0: <laughs> yes, funny you should ask. <laughs> Yet yeah, normally we do have, anyway. We, I am interviewing later today, and this show will be out tomorrow, Paul Barrett, who's the deputy director of the nyu center, stern center for business and human rights he's an expert on social media and disinformation and this perception this right-wing perception that they're being persecuted talk about a course of the world's smallest violins and he has actually a number of practical recommendations that are a middle path there should be some level of content moderation but there's got to be a heck of a lot more by I the hope. platforms themselves and But it has to be much more upfront and much clearer about what the standards are. There has to be a much more robust, human-mediated way of appealing decisions like we've just undergone.
2: So wait a second. So let's just take, let's go back to the YouTube, to, to our YouTube right. problem. Right. Okay. In the YouTube, words were said, were mistaken by the AI computer, the artificial intelligence computer algorithm right. spotted those words and YouTube issued a takedown. So would one solution be that before anything is taken down, there has to be some human intervention at the platform level before something is taken down or stopped or censored, or that there has to be human intervention and the remedy is that there is some scroll put along the bottom of whatever the content is that says YouTube has reviewed this. It contains the following kinds of words. You should be advised that these you would he, you will hear or, something or see like these that. words.
0: What what I'm essentially calling for here is I think that there is a middle path. Between an absolute prohibition and like an anarchy, essentially. We know from the study of behavioral psychology that nudges can be effective. And we've seen social media platforms try to just throw a little bit of sand in the gears. If you're going to retweet something that you haven't read the article, it will prompt you. Are you sure you don't want to look at this article, underlying article first, and make sure you understand what it says? If you're saying something where the content contains factual claims about a controversial subject that, you know have not been verified or that have been called into question it'll give a little now look i know i see i can read your mind graham i can, can read you your mind. laugh
1: at it it's just so laughable on its face so you're just looking for your right adolf i don't want to say the n-word as in ATSI or Hitler. hey so i don't because i don't know what the things are but you're just looking for your own as long as the adolf likes you i decided that your statement about the wuhan lab and its location is disinformation and so we're just going to ban it because we no, know no, it's misinformation. No, no. no one cares that it was, of course, obviously common sense when it was said. No one cares that the entire regime of suppressing that content was idiotic from the beginning. And now everyone goes, well, of course, we all knew it was possible. No one cares because your little eight off wins. You get your eight off. And it's just a matter of how hard you put your eight off. But again, I'm
0: not saying th- that you cannot read about, talk about. I'm saying no firm prohibition. I'm saying that when you're, let's take the Wuhan lab leak as, look, we had Donald McNeil Jr., who was canceled over at the New York Times on this show, talking about his Substack article about this. He's done the most intensive reporting probably of any human being alive about this. And he looked into this. And we believe in featuring, should people be able to access our show about this? Fuck yes. Of course, we want people to be able to read about, hear about, watch stuff examining this. But I think if you're going to get into this, what you don't want, what you don't want is to veer into conspiracy theory, where you have someone putting up, this was a lab leak, it's being held from you, masks give you cancer, monkeys are our overlords. There, There is clearly a line. Now, is there a Potter Stewart quality to it, where you have to know it where you see it? Yes, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying that you want to provide people a little bit of psychological tapping on the brakes when they see something that would veer them out of imaginary gardens into real toads where they start to get the wrong end of the stick and act out because of it. Is that too much to ask? Yes,
1: Yes, it's ridiculous too much to ask.
0: All right, look. Let's move
2: on. Is there right wings? Is the right wing being censored by social media, Michael? No. Is, is there <laughs> some grand conspiracy to to keep right wing views and set off off the air? Is Jim Jordan? Jim? Is Jim Jordan? If you look at the
1: stories that social media has. Work to censor that have gotten the most attention because I don't have any data on how much algorithm blockage is going on. For all I know, every day some socialist who's proposing that socialized medicine makes economic sense or some other bizarre conspiracy theory is being blocked. I don't know. I just know that the high profile, the the idiotic Russian Trumps a Russian agent idiotic story flowered. At the same time, you know, other stories like the Hunter Biden story and all these stuff. The Democratic funded PP tape theory got covered and unsuppressed, but the obviously true Hunter Biden story got suppressed. It's, uh, you can't ask people to not notice that. It's weird. The FBI was inside old Twitter talking about content and, and suggesting who should be blocked and not blocked. And once again, the data that we have from the Twitter files is overwhelmingly that people who were on what is called the writers or whatever were the subjects of their attention. So that's by concepts, the way, that's, so if you actually
0: read the Twitter files, they are so laughable they're so laughable it's it's a case of I, you know what we've covered this before but um yeah that n- n- none of that is none of that so is with- let's take a break we'll be right back
1: i love twitter i've loved twitter the whole time i don't understand what the twitter problem is i follow people that are smart and interesting like you and I see the stories that they find interesting, I never have a problem. I I, the whole fight over Twitter just leaves me confused. The fact that other people on Twitter are saying idiotic things, what do I care? It has no impact on my life. I so, just think it's yeah. that
0: all we know so far about Twitter's bias is that mm-hmm. it was actually the Trump campaign reaching out to take down content from Twitter. This was actually the subject of a recent congressional hearing where it came to light that the real thing that was bothering Donald Trump was the fact that the former supermodel, Chrissy Teigen had referred to him as a pussy ass bitch on Twitter. And the question for Twitter, now this gets to your point. Actually, this may be your ultimate slam dunk, Michael Graham. You may, this may win the argument for you because the dancing on the head of a pin that Twitter technology experts inside the company had to do was they had to decide is pussy ass bitch one insult or three, because you're not allowed to make three insults. You're only allowed to make one. Like,
1: it's like the amazing career of Dick Van Dyke, who's had a tremendous success, despite the fact that many people find two of the three words in his name offensive. And I know the congressman's asking, what's wrong with Van? But uh, I just I mean, the idea that the Twitter files show that the most of the was coming from the Trump administration is just not true. And Schellenbarger and Taibbi are legit people. They do solid work. And I just disagree with you on that, but that's fine. Let's move on.
0: Let's move on. All right. I, I know we've spent a lot of time on this, so we've got we've got so many issues to try to cover. I want to go to a fun one. Let's go to a fun one.
1: Wait, that wasn't fun? I thought that was
0: good. This one's even funner. Donald Trump proposed in a recent campaign video that had the dark, scary lighting of a President Biden State of the Union speech. Um, he suggested that the way to uplift the American economy and open new frontiers and make America great again, for lack of a better term, is to create 10 new cities. We'll call them Trumpvilles for a moment. Paul Hodes, great idea or the greatest idea you've ever heard?
2: It may be the greatest idea I've ever heard. It like, reminds me of the United Arab Emirates. Let's go to the desert and we'll just build incredible skyscrapers and we'll attract all these people from all over the world to our desert cities and We'll plant golf courses and put in oceans and lakes in the desert. We'll spend kazillions, quadrillions of dollars creating these plush urban utopias. And just think of all that useless federal land out there, all those prairies from sea to shining sea, that could be filled with cities that are filled with politically correct right-wing people who come and populate Trumpville because there are going to be criteria for coming to Trumpville. You're going to be stopped at the border and questioned about your views. Do you really believe that January 6th was an insurrection, or really was it merely just a tourist event? Ah, uh, pick one, column A or column B. It's binary, but if you pick the right answer, you get to come and live in Trumpville, a utopia of fossil fuel and pollution where we're going to keep the regulators and all those socialists out. I love the idea. I think Michael, it's the best thing I ever heard.
0: Can I interest you in a condo in Trumpville?
1: As long as it comes with Trump water, because you know, Trump water is the best water and I don't is, drink the regular water. It's very You're you, strong.
2: You I keep, strongly believe it's the best water. You can people can
1: drink your H two O. I'm with the Trump and the H three O. I know we <laughs> one more public. O than you people. And I also say this: the crime in Trumpville will be incredibly low. There will be no DC city council style reducing the punishments for carjackings right. inside Trumpville. Absolutely. Well, Bill, oh yeah, no,
0: we're going to talk about that. Can I? I'm going to be somewhat serious for a second. Oh, no. I know at the risk of bumming out our listeners. Okay, and this is a curveball. This is a real curveball for me. Right. Like I'm I'm trying to be your centrist host, but I'm also a Democrat. <laughs> so I, let me. Full disclosure, Full disclosure, Roberson's
2: and Democrats. I know.
0: I do want to say up front that there are caveats to this. Obviously, Donald Trump as a real estate developer talking about how he wants half of 1% of all of our federal government money to create a big slush fund that there will be a competition for real estate developers to tap into, to build cities. And they will magically pick the best one and he will not divest from his real estate company and he'll be president again. And then his company will get to tap into billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars to build new cities. Yes. That's suspicious to me. And yes, this isn't how urban development works. And yes,
2: you're just so suspicious. I I, I get all that. I get all that.
0: Here's the curveball. This may actually substantively be Donald Trump's best policy idea I've ever heard. And let me just make the case here for a second. It's not inherently wrong from my standpoint that we should be doing infrastructure, that we should be creating new communities. We actually had a Manhattan Institute, I'm talking about a conservative institution. We had a Manhattan Institute urban development expert on this show talking about the massive headaches that our older cities have ripping out interstate highways that have cut through the middle of communities, and that that because of the illogical development of our existing cities... We have all kinds of community problems, transportation problems We're not optimized for today's economy. The fact that Trump was talking about how could we think more boldly about creating new economic hubs, places that people want to live, that are centers of economic growth and vitality and innovation and that there would be open competition for this, to connect them, and that the federal government maybe should have a role. This actually sounds like a liberal idea, that the federal government, that our government should have a role in kind of selecting where can we target some federal investment to try to build up centers of economic activity where people would want to live, where people would want to create new communities. I'm not necessarily throwing up all over that idea. If you squint it, and covered your ears, and you listened to Paul Hodes do his Bernie Sanders impression, you could almost hear a version of that coming out of the mouth of Bernie Sanders.
1: What do you mean, almost? I, no, D- no, Donald Trump is no conservative. He's always been a big government boom. guy. He's just a there big government. I want it. My- he's like you. He wants his own Adolf. That's all. He's just, you guys are just arguing about Adolf. what Adolf should be doing. You guys are a piece in the pot. But we don't need Donald Trump's plan for this. What you just described is already happening right now. It's happening in Texas, Tennessee, and Florida as hundreds of thousands of people pour out of blue states and the hideous, terrible governance that they're getting in Illinois, California, New York. And they're creating these hubs. They're doing it themselves. And they're going to places where people leave them alone, and you know it's what happens Mitt when Romney's you leave self-deportation them alone, They is what you're explode saying. into amazing creativity and wealth creation. So you want your hubs? Go to Florida. Go to Texas. Go to Nashville. You can see your I, hub.
2: I got your I, hub right there, pal. I do like the idea. Given the advances in technology and the ability to use technology and innovation to create a model city, because you can't imagine a city being built. Uh, that would look like any of the existing cities now. We could use uh, solar technology and geothermal technology. Trump we could did refer to flying cars. Moving exactly. sidewalks and flying cars, and there wouldn't have to be any fossil fuel pollution, and all the buildings would be self-generating in terms of their energy and We'd have vertical gardens on all the buildings. It would be an urban paradise. Gosh, I'm all, I in, actually just, I'm all I, in for one guys, city. I'm in look for at Michael. one city. I've never
0: seen a conservative throw up in their mouth on camera, but that's that wow. was amazing. Listen,
1: if you love Brasilia, you're going to love Trumponia. And here's the best part about Trumponia. Trumponia is going to be built by the government. So it'll be all union labor. Will be entirely directed by political decisions. Remember that wonderful episode of The Simpsons where they let Homer design the car because yes, he knows what Homer. people really want. You would get the Homer Simpson's version of a town. It would cost five trillion dollars per square foot, and nobody would want to live there. And every horn mm-hmm. plays La Cucaracha. All right, okay. I look. I'm going to go with
0: my. I'm going to go with my original theory that like this is damning with faint praise. I still think it's Donald Trump's best <laughs> policy idea. I still think of all the all the competitors,
1: it's the one that I hate the least. No, um, buying Greenland. Buying Greenland was the best deal. Totally, that was very serious. I'm just, totally serious. We should have bought Greenland. No, it no, totally I was smart. not against that. I'm yeah, with you. Absolutely. Why
0: is that a bad? I I don't know because
1: even people because it hasn't happened lately. We used to buy. We bought Alaska, obviously, and blah blah. blah, Because it hasn't happened lately, people aren't thinking outside the box. He was absolutely right. We should have bought Greenland. Think about how different things would be in Ukraine right now if we had bought Greenland. I'm just saying. You're not wrong. I mean, that's out of his mind. I wouldn't let him run a scout troop, but he had that one. Paul, Michael just referred to every
0: urban center in America as a rotting liberal hellhole. Absolutely. And apparently, Joe Biden agrees when it comes to the new D.C. crime law, he has decided to side with Republicans, overriding the will of the D.C. council and not allowing them to reduce penalties for crimes like Carjacking. Obviously, this is infused with politics. But Paul, what was your reaction? Politico said that Democrats are seething about it. Are you seething?
2: I, I am not seething <laughs> at all. I think it was a pretty smart political move on Biden's part. He's going to run for reelection. He, the last thing he wanted was to give Republicans any fodder to say, "Hey, he's soft on crime." And by the way, the mayor of D.C hates the whole thing that the city council is doing. She opposed it. She said, this is not the right thing at the right time. Now, look, I understand that D.C.'s criminal code and um, is in need of reform, but certainly, politically, Democrats should not be seething. It just, look, when I... Democrats, wake up, would you? It's, what do you want to do? Ha- try to hand the nomination to Mary Ann Williamson, and we could have a whole show about that, because I know a little bit of something about that one. Joe Biden is is, call it a return to his centrist roots, okay? And stop seething, you idiots.
1: All right, uh, I got to tell you,
2: I am just—I
1: once again, I have to step up on behalf of democracy and freedom and self-government. Obviously, you guys are your little Adolphs. You don't like the people of D.C. having elections and having elections. I get it. I get—you can't let those people vote and those people <laughs> run. Their, I get right where you people come from. I support, as a guy who worked at WML Radio for years in right in the northwestern section of Washington D.C., I think that the people of D.C. should have absolutely the laws that they want because I'm a great hl mencken democrat democracy is a theory that the common na- man knows what he wants and deserves to get it good and hard i am a fan so of I the support. sayings of hl mencken
0: but not so much his uh anti-semitism and uh, i just i
1: dispute that I, I, you know, i've read two i've read his autobiography and i've read two of his biographies how can an anti Excuse me. how can a misanthrope who literally hates everybody he who hates made everybody jokes equally. about everybody from Germans to Chinese people being, it's like, yeah, of course he hates, hates you. Hate, it's like my mom. She,
2: like... It's like my mom. She hates everybody. So how could she be a bigot? Exactly.
0: Right. I don't understand. Michael, I know you've got to get out. I got to go. I, I to got a heart you, out. I got to give you That's one, what she said. one quick one. Joe Biden introduced his plan On Medicare. And I know it's boring, but the big looming economic cloud over America is the possibility that we might breach the debt ceiling. And Joe Biden made a lot of hay in the State of the Union by calling out Republicans saying that they want to cut Medicare. So he comes out with a plan that actually does reduce. Some of the dollars going into Medicare and it's also- called cutting. I
1: think the word cutting, you're looking for is cutting cutting. He's cutting Medicare. but I don't care about the politics of this. I, as a guy who has no plans on ever collecting any retirement money because it won't be there. I just wish the grown-ups would fix it. Everybody knows that Social Security and Medicare are out of line. Everyone knows they need to be fixed. There are no grown-ups on either side of the aisle who will step up and do it and watching joe biden pander to the lowest domination, nom- just a bummer so
0: why don't the republicans jujitsu
1: this and say great idea joe we agree with you and take the issue off the table i listen i agree but they want to say that he's cutting medicare because once again that's the easy grandma off the cliff politics that we're in and every, so it's it, this is once again why i don't want to put the people in charge because they're idiots they don't fix anything leave me the hell alone shut down social security and medicare and instead give me a lump set aside from the time I'm born that goes into a fund that my parents and then that I manage that then is available when I'm later in life it's let the, the free market the, do it there you go it's and, the Michael and the Graham idiotic.
2: Andrew Yang ticket I'm voting for you and Andrew for President. Yang Graham
1: all
0: right on that note we have got to get out of here for Michael and Paul I'm that thank lovely. you so
2: much
1: had a great time